Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. A-teamers, we'll start off with the conversation uh, around the hospitalization of uh, the, the the man who has been given parole. Got many tongues wagging, uh, but yeah, this is where we are right now. Yanus Valouche is now uh, in hospital, but we want to get more information around this and also want to hear from you as A-teamers that, like... Uh, what are your thoughts? What's your take on everything that's currently happening? Uh, so many things that if you're a conspiracy theorist, you can knit together. And we try to stay away from such. So that's why we have guests like Tembisa Fakute, a senior research fellow at AFRISAT, to, to give us perspective that is more clearer so that we don't end up drawing our own conclusions and knitting together fabric that does not belong together. Uh, with that being said, this is the WhatsApp number that you can join in on this conversation on 0614-104107. You can also call in to weigh in on this conversation, 086-000-2032. Fagute, thank you very much for joining us, Bob Fagute. It's always such a great pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. Mm. Okay, so the hospitalization of Wanus Valush a couple of days before his parole is one that has got us all shocked. Do we have accurate information as to what happened in um, in, in prison at the Hosimampur to, uh, today, this afternoon? Well, all suckers to conspiracy theories at the moment. Sure. Uh, so, but suffice to say that the Soweto newspaper, which have just looked at, suggests that it was an MK prisoner who actually um, executed that attack on Walus. Uh, uh, so uh, that's all we have at the moment. But, I mean, there are two things. One is a conspiracy theory. The other one is a concern. Let me start with the second one. The second one is you'll expect that the, um, you know, um, the correctional services will will place some sort of security on people like uh, like Yalus Vanus, uh, given the, the 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 seriousness of his crime. One number two is also his vulnerability. Whether we agree with the the the, the constitutional court when it gave him that parole or not, at the end of the day, um, he has the right to security and has the right to protection like anyone else. And at the moment, I will have suggested before this happened that he was perhaps the most vulnerable of prisoners um, uh, at the time and you would have expected that the the correctional services would have afforded him all the security that um, that he deserved so that was the failure on the side of the security services and it, it has to be condemned uh, whatever way you look at it and whichever side of the fence you sit in this regard the second one of course is the conspiracy theory that um, uh, we had yesterday the uh, Minister of Home Affairs, Elias uh, Mutoledi, talking about that um, he was going to be spending his parole days in South Africa, and notwithstanding that he had applied earlier to go back to Poland. Now, this comes as a surprise to some of us who are about to criticize the South African government that they were going to be um, hosting this individual, obviously giving him all the comfort that he deserved at the expense of the taxpayers, and now uh, what has happened today actually justifies that. It justifies the you know future spent on him that uh, since he is going to be spending his parole 
days in South Africa is going to be afforded all the kind of privileges that ordinarily other people don't get. So there's one fact and the other one is a conspiracy theory. And I hope I, was, I made the point clear. I know I've conflated two issues instead mm. of separating them. Okay. So, so let, let's try and break the, the, the two issues down, right? Um, especially that of security um, for those who are going on parole. Do incidents like this happen in our correctional services? Or is this an isolated first of its kind? Because if it is an isolated one, definitely then it might warrant all the security that would be required for uh, the parolee, Uyanus Valush. However, if it's not isolated and it happens often in prison, then why should there be additional or extra uh, protection and security for this particular person? I think Uyanus Valush... this position at the moment within the correctional services deserve some sort of hyper uh, attention compared to other prisoners. But to answer your question, yes, of course, these things do happen inside prison. Uh, people stabbing each other. In fact, they go to an extent of killing each other. But uh, the high profile of this um, this 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 particular prisoner um, would have one would have suggested that at least it calls for. A certain sort of a certain type of uh, attention, not the laxity that we we have seen. Uh, I mean, Yanus Valus um, has been threatened from the time he entered prison because of who he killed, and I think during that time, before he was paroled, clearly the fact that nothing happened to him, notwithstanding that the emotions were were hypered at the time in 1993, uh, it means that the security. The services, particularly the correctional services, did afford him some sort of uh, security and protection. Now then, one wonders why, uh, on the eve of his uh, release, you have this incident happening to him. So it feeds into those uh, those conspiracy theories that have uh, started proliferating at the moment. Mm -hmm. Now, from from a report that was filed, right, uh, we heard uh, a comment from Singabako Nomalo. Um, who said that the Department of Correctional Services in, is unable at this moment to confirm, um, you know, um, the, the unfortunate stabbing incident. But they have said that the, 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 the stabber was aiming at Wanusa's heart uh, and missed. Do we know what his condition is right now? Well, we we, we know that Mr. Mumala later on issued a statement saying that indeed... Uh, uh, Mr. Yanus Walus was was stabbed and is currently within the directorate of the Correctional Services Healthcare. So that it did happen. Um, so mm-hmm. we don't we don't we don't know what was the intention of the stabber because I don't think anyone has had a chance to speak to the stabber to uh, to ascertain precisely what was his intention. Again, this is just part of those conspiracy theories that he was aiming at the heart. Um, we don't know that for sure because I don't think there's been any confessions. Um, so we'll have to wait and see um, what was the intention of the stabber. Suffice to say that the, the the reports are confirmed. He is at the moment within the healthcare services of the um, correctional services, and he was stabbed and is critical uh, in, in in hospital and has been monitored at the moment. So that's all we know. Um, and of course, you know, there are a lot of speculations at the moment. Why on the eve of his arrest? And then marred with that, um, a couple of days ago, we got the reports of uh, the vandalism uh, 
um, whether vandalism or acts of nature, uh, depending on the investigation's outcomes of or the gravesite of Ubab Krisan. Now, when it comes to people knitting together cloths that don't really come together, could this be one of the issues that here the parole comes out for Yanis Walus that has been uh, applied for since 2011, and straight after that, then there's this vandalism of uh, this uh, gravesite, which is uh, you know almost a defecation of, of 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 someone's holy place, lost resting place in the African sense, um, and then on top of that, now a stabbing. Um, aimed at at uh, Yanis Walus. Could we knit this together, or should we just leave it and say it's separate incidents? Well, they're separate incidences, but they are worth commenting on. One, the first one at the memorial site of uh, Krisani, that was vandalism because tiles. I don't think the wind could have affected uh, that the amount of damage uh, that we saw on television yesterday. So tiles were uprooted and all of those kind of things, including pillars. Uh, damage. There was certainly some some serious vandalism that has taken place. One will therefore um, assume that this is someone who's uh, whoever did this was someone who's trying to create some sort of uh, instability um, at the release of uh, of 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 Walus. And um, one hopes, of course, that nothing will happen. We know that the the ANC and the alliances. They have been protesting and, um, you know, criticizing the judgment. But what happened at the, at the Chris and the Memorial site, it's, it's again one of those uh, provoking um, 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 incidences which are meant to trigger a certain type of response, particularly from the black community. Um, clearly, the fact that I don't think there's anyone who supports ANC, you know, a black person who's going to go and do that deliberately. But it could be someone who wants to see some sort of violent reaction, particularly from the majority of black people who were, uh, by the way, aggrieved when Chris Sander was killed. And now that, uh, you know, uh, his killer has been released, that adds salt to the wound uh, over and above what has happened to his, to, his, to his grave. So I think there is an element of, um, of, of, of provoking certain emotions uh, at what happened yesterday. But the stabbing, again, the stabbing will feed into black people also uh, displaying some sort of dissatisfaction at the ruling by the Constitutional Court of releasing the killer of Krisane. And that, uh, to me, it, it shows this polarized society that continues to be polarized by, by this incident, which has not at all, uh, at least to the memories of those who were present at the time, uh, is still very fresh. And it's, it was quite a painful judgment that was issued, not to standing, of course, all the qualifications that were given by the Constitutional Court, but again, normal, you know, everyday person like myself felt, you know, that it was unjust that you had that kind of incident in last week. I'm going to go to the lines. 18 is the, the lines are open. You can join in on this conversation that we are having with uh, Tembi Safakode, Senior Research Fellow at AFRICID, um, around the hospitalization uh, of Yanus Walus um, after his uh, knife attack in prison at the Jose Mamburu prison today. Uh, we've got Atima Vuyiso on the line. Good evening, Vuyiso. Evening, Patricia, uh, and your guest, Tambisa. Uh, you know what? Uh, this is painful. You know what Anishwarish did, and I was at in London, starting uh, my university studies, and uh, when I switched on BBC, 
and the news were broken that Dr. Kusan is being murdered, brutally murdered. That day, you know, it was so painful. And right now, my heart is so painful. God, I feel city. He lived with his sword, therefore he also must go with his sword. And he comes from a country, Poland. We all know it's a nasty world, nasty world. Right now, if you're in Poland and you're black, you feel it. You know, we mustn't try and romanticize or try and feel guilty about this thing. I mean, you know, there is a there is a creator there. And it is Mother Universe Day. He loves all of us regardless. You know, right now, black people, we are going through this serious racism, you know, segregation and, you know, the way white people behave. And I remember the day this happened, there was a man that uttered a statement from the World Apartheid Movement, the right wing, that a killer killed a killer. Hence, Hanyu was serving, it was in a noble struggle. So we mustn't try, and, you know, and try and feel as if this is bad. I really commend whoever did it, mm. you know. Well, yes, sir. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to cut your comment there. Um, I, I'm, I hear where you're coming from, but sure, it saddens me for, for us to be at this point as a people. Uh, Fagude, what, what, I mean, what's your take on Vuyiswa's statement? Well, I, I understand exactly where Vuyiswa comes from. Uh, and this is, and that's why I've got protests at the moment being planned, rolling protests being planned against this decision. Because many people feel aggrieved about what, ha- what, what happened. But again, because we're not legal minds, we don't know what's behind. I mean, I try to read the judgment. It's way above my, uh, you know, two cents understanding on this kind of issues. But uh, it was unanimous. Tembisa is still there. Tembisa. All right, it seems we're struggling with Tembisa Fakute's line. We're going to try and get hold of him. We know we are also struggling with load shedding in South Africa um, and load shedding affects connectivity, but we will be continuing with this conversation. It is a conversation that is a touchy one, and I understand emotions are very high for all of us as South Africans. I heard Vuyiswa speak about, you know, the, the different racial tensions that are not only just bubbling under, but are over the top right now as South Africans. So let, let's have this conversation. Let's let's have it um, as uncomfortable as it may be, but I'm hoping that we will get somewhere with it. Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. That is our WhatsApp number, or you can call in on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. It seems we've got uh, Tembisa Fakute back on the line. Unfortunately, you were cut a bit there, uh, Tembisa. Maybe you can yeah. just repeat your your, your thoughts, and uh, so we can be in alignment with you. Yeah, I was, I was saying that as, you know, as laymen, it's very difficult to understand this kind of judgment. Mm. Um, and I think it's at this point where you need a a Tutu and a Mandela who would have come to us and explain, number one, Nelson Mandela would have explained why he went on this Truth and Reconciliation Commission, what was going through his head, uh, why did he decide to go visit the uh, widows of all these jailers, including... Um, uh, Hendrix's wood uh, uh, widow who need to 
if, if Tutu was around, it would have been much convenient for us to understand his reasoning. And probably he would have, you know, would have explained to us how to go about reconciling in our small little minds the kind of decisions that were made. So it's, it's a very difficult time for, for most uh, South Africans. While we do, as I said, ex, you know, respect the judgment and respect our judiciary, it's, it's quite hard uh, from a layman's position to accept the decision that was was taken. And I think it will take, you know, people like we, so it's, it's understandable. You know, we, we're, we're not, uh, we're not um, law experts. we normal human beings who believe justice uh, should take a certain form or a certain shape, not necessarily what we had last week, which continues to trouble many people, including uh, particularly those that are close to, to, to Chris and including his um, his wife, uh, Mamdim Pouz, uh, who was extremely, you know, visibly aggrieved by this and visibly upset. So it's understandable that you have this kind of situation, particularly given that as, as South Africans, particularly black South Africans, who continue, you know, notwithstanding, um, our gestures of reconciliation, our gestures of friendliness. You know, you go everywhere, black people are always smiling, petrol station, you'll find a guy smiling. You know, we're quite friendly human beings, but unfortunately, this is not reciprocated by the others. We continue to get abused. We had not long ago one woman coming from the same area of Eastern, Boxbeck, who actually preferred to have, you know, the, the... the dogs uh, given much more privilege than black men and women. And, and these things happen all the time. And you hardly hear people from other races condemning such as all these black people go protest and condemn this kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's understandable that you have, you're going to find people who are saying enough is enough because, you know, black people are lovely human beings who continue to, you know, smile and, you know, forgive as we've always done, notwithstanding the atrocities that have been or that way it against us and our forefathers uh, in the past. But to continue to be nice. And yet the people who are perpetrators are not showing any niceness. Instead, all the time, we continue hearing these things coming from these other races, you know, disrespecting our people, continue treating our people like animals. You know, what else do you expect? So uh, it's very difficult at the moment, actually, to understand the, the, the legal um, rationale behind this decision. Uh, and, of course, Something in me tells me that the men should have, could have, should have been kept in jail and and, and spend more time. In fact, you know, spend the rest of his life in jail because of the crime that he has committed. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back uh, with our A-teamers. I see some of the calls are dropping. Uh, A-teamers, please continue to try to get hold of us in 086-000-2032. The conversation still goes, uh, continues. WhatsApps come in on 0614-104-107. Social Conversations. We've got some voice notes uh, based on our conversation with uh, our A-team guest, Tembi Safakote. Remember, you can also weigh in on this conversation on 0614-104-107 or call in on 086-000-2032. Before the voice notes, let's go to A-team Sam. Sam, thank you very much for your patience. Good evening. Evening. Uh, I always forget the name. <laughs> Evening, Sissy. How are you? Go ahead, Sam. What's your comment? You know, Sissy, uh, the bigger problem is uh, this liberation movement. They have tend to be a lie. In fact, some individuals became lies. 
I for one, I support ZANU-PF, but right now I'm not supporting ZANU-PF. But that doesn't mean I'm not a ZANU-PF member, right? You know what you happens? Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, there are shenanigans happening on Yanus Walus. Yanus Walus was a citizen. She, she was now a citizen of South Africa. How come, when did Yanus Walus come into South Africa to commit this heinous crime that he committed on Chris Hani? When did he come into South Africa? Did he had 10 years in South Africa for him to be a naturalized citizen? Because I heard that his citizenship was revoked. When did he come? And when was he naturalized? Because I know to be naturalized, you have to be over 10 years in a country. Okay. Right? Yeah, I'm hearing you. But now your your comment or your question uh, is one that needs to look at the conditions that uh, surround Yanis Walus. Uh, this man has been given parole. And if he is not able to serve parole in South Africa, then goes to his country, home country of Poland. That means then there is no parole rules to to adhere to. But he doesn't need any parole rules to adhere to. This oh, so man, you want him to go is, home scot-free? He is supposed to be released and get away from here because why then, do you want then, to then, keep him? Because what law what governs that, Sam? Wait, Sam, Sam. If you yes. say he must be released, go back to his home country, what law governs that? What justice is being served? Is he a citizen of South Africa? No, no, no. Answer me. What justice is being served, Sam? So if you are saying he must just go... There is justice. Does he have a house in South Africa? Where is he going to stay? Yeah, Yeah, I'm asking. Does he have a house in South Africa? So, so Sam, this this man we are talking about is a man who's been in this country with his family for many years, since I think 81, if I'm correct. Um, Since 81. So, yes. So I'm trying to understand what your crux is. Is your crux saying I, you've got to gripe the fact that he's been given uh, citizenship? Or is your crux is that he's I, I going out on parole? Or because the poor man has been stabbed? right? Is he a citizen of South Africa? That we can say he's got fixed abroad because you cannot give parole to somebody who does not have a fixed abroad. Okay. Can, I, I, can, can okay. that be? All right. Um, uh, let me take this one to Fakute. Um, Tembisa. Can yes. You, I, I don't know you, you, if you've got the legal background of this particular case. So we can help Sam out here. Um, because despite uh, elaborating <laughs> around the fact that this man who's Polish, but also here in South Africa with dual citizenship since 1986, mm, uh, when before he even committed the crime that he com- uh, committed, is um, now been given parole. He wants to understand what are the legalities around that. Well, uh, Minister Musale yesterday gave us a very detailed explanation and. Uh, the long and short of it is that as the minister has got a prerogative to decide who gets uh, residency, permanent residency, and who doesn't. And he decided yesterday that Yanusa Luz is going to get um, residency. This was decided by the minister, Las Mutsualid, and he gave a very long interview on television yesterday. So basically, this was the discretion of the minister. That's the answer, uh, the long and short of it. But again, 
imagine if you're going to release someone on parole. By the way, parole does not mean that you're free. You know, if you release on parole, it means that you're going to be saving the rest of your sentence outside prison. So if you're going to be given a parole and you're going back to the country to live nice and, you know, enjoy your life, what's the purpose of getting a parole? He's not released. He's on parole. Um, and parole does not doesn't mean that you have been released from prison. So the, the, the answer is that it was a discretion of the minister, which he explained yesterday, and there's a report that was issued by Home Affairs on, on what grounds was he allowed to stay in South Africa. Uh, and number two is that, you know, parole does not mean free. Parole means that you're going to finish your rest of your sentence outside prison. Okay, Sam, I think but that, my that problem, you. I say, yeah? do you get a parole when you don't, when you do not have fixed abort? Yes, it is. You do. That's what the minister said yesterday. And minister then said, minister, where? minister Staying said, where? The, the government, the government is going to be providing residence for, uh, you know, for the for the prisoners. And that's what the minister said yesterday. He's used his discretion. Uh, on uh, giving him permanent residence in South Africa so that he can continue finishing his his his, his prison sentence, which is not completed yet, is, in South Africa. Is it not is it not painful on the taxpayers that the person who killed democracy now he is given uh, he is provided by the government a place to stay to stay to finish parole parole that he is not doing anything he is not working anyway. He's just squindling the money of the government and the people, the money of the taxpayers, without doing anything. Yeah, that's it. That's a constitutional democracy. Uh, a lot of other people who have aggrieved others, they still do get parole, but that's how the system works, uh, unfortunately. Right. And I think All right, is, Sam, I'm going to have to cut you so far. Good, right, uh, um, Tempest yeah. can finish his thoughts. Yeah, go I ahead, think this is, this is a discussion that we've been having, isn't it? I mean, many of us mm-hmm. are not happy with the decision, but uh, that's how the law goes uh, unfortunately sometimes you know it pleases you and sometimes it will uh, aggrieve you and in this situation many people are aggrieved and i think this is at the point when as a as an analyst you want to be excused because it's just too personal (laughs) but uh, unfortunately we're in the middle of a discussion so i cannot let me choose myself but you know the judgment gets blurred and the analysis gets blurred because everything is personal at the moment Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll attend to the voice notes from our A-teamers. Social Conversations. Uh, Madam, today I want to remain anonymous. But as Black Nation, we've been grieved. We are sad about the judgment. And I'm I'm quite sure, even I'm not a political, political wise, but I'm telling you that it is the beginning of the fall of Judge Zondo. Thank you. Hello. It's Vosa uh, speaking here. You know what? It pains me of this thing of Walus. To rub salt on our wounds is that lady about the Pitbull saga. The white people, they just have no respect. They don't respect us. They were the one who oppressed us. They were the one who killed us. They come to South Africa from abroad. We accommodate them now. They will, uh, I don't know what can I say. The whites will never love us blacks. I don't know why can they leave us alone and go back to the original countries. Because we, we, we belong in South Africa. 
we belong in South Africa. That's the problem in South Africa. Justice and things that have to do with our freedom were made to be like they are things that are higher than the normal person, the average person. They were made to be like things that are beyond our reach and beyond our minds. As if the normal average person is a stupid person who does not understand what is happening. Right now we are just supposed to accept a judgment from these judges of the Constitutional Court. Nobody has come to explain and say what what. No press conference was held just to make the judgment understandable to normal people who haven't studied the law. There is no respect that is given to the normal person. It is made out as if the normal average person is stupid, does not understand, has to just accept the things that come from above, from the bigger people, from the more important people. That is what makes people angry. Uh, evening, sis Patricia. It's Dumzi from Cape Town. Uh, I'm reminded of uh, the famous saying which says freedom has to be defended with the same intensity and tenacity as the fight for it. Once you have freedom and then you think you have arrived and you relax, you run the risk of losing it because the wounded are regrouping hey good evening sister pet i feel mr sam sam is is actually uh correct it's painful to learn that uyanu Swalush is gonna be fed by us south africans where we are grieving and we are crying about our chris honey and he even not I don't think this man is, is, is having any remorse of what he did. I mean, really, when these things happen and uh, the stabbing happens, one, like Mam Vuyiswa said, you know, you, you sympathize with, with how people feel. However, well, it is what it is. What can we say? South Africa we live in favors those, I don't know, who are, who are, who are higher than, than uh, they say it's animal farm. You know, anonymous. Mm. You know, sometimes I think we also need to remember, especially when it comes to money spent on prisoners, um, including this particular parole. Look, I don't know the rents and cents to the T, but while a prisoner is in prison, the food, the lights, the the clothing, everything that is provided there is from the taxpayers. So. If we are going to cry foul now and say, yo, this Yanus Walus, when he's on parole, uh, so much of taxpayers' money is going to be spent. Maybe it might be a bit more, but he has been spending it since he was arrested. Um, I think that's one of the realities. Here's another message here. Um, this is from Um Tembu, who's in Pretoria, saying the guy committed a crime. He has paid his due. Why not release this guy and give him a one-way ticket to Poland? My take is on forgiving in order to be forgiven. Currently, all non-citizens uh, do half sentences and are being sent home. This is the first with this Janusz Walus guy. 
Uh, Tembisa, let's wrap up our conversation, man. There's so much that A-Team is saying. Emotions are high, and I know you've also said you wish you could excuse yourself as an analyst because, yeah, it, it's not it's not an easy conversation to have. Yeah, sure. I think the two things. One, first, when we opened up, we heard that there was one fact, which is about his security. The other one was about conspiracy theory mm. on why why the stabbing at this at this point in time in his sentence uh, and, and, and the, the, the conspiracy theorists will say that it's because they're trying to explain and trying to justify why he will be given the type of treatment that will be given post his uh, prison sentence. So it, it kind of makes sense, uh, those who believe in that, in that school of thought, that you know, this had to happen so that it can, you know, it can justify the next move. Uh, because he has to have a house, he has to get some protection, he has to be treated in a certain way, including special way, given security and all of that. And of course, you know, some people have complained to say there are more people that are deserving than him to be treated in that manner. The second issue, which I think is important to mention at this point is, you know, it makes you, it makes you appreciate the Mandelas and the duties of this world. I mean, what kind of human beings were these, you know, who who could forgive uh, you know, Mandela in particular, who was imprisoned and incarcerated by the same system, and then it goes out and he smiles, shakes hands, and hugs. So it makes you really appreciate how special these human beings were. And I hope we're still going to be able to produce similar individuals in the future. Tembisa, thank you so very much uh, for this conversation. It is quite a heavy one, and uh, one I think uh, we have to continue having, um, because if we want to knit uh, this rainbow back into one beautiful piece. We, we need such conversations uh, from top all the way to the bottom. But we do appreciate your time this evening. Thank you. A-teamers, it's 11 o'clock on the dot. <laughs> Emotions are high, no? But uh, let's go to the news so that Mudupi can put a smile on our face with that Ola update. Mudupi, hey Ola.